Coming to you from the version where we're live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that deals with its daddy issues live on the air. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> and this time yes. we brought a guest. Hey, it's the Noobs and the Hoovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip, And, and we're, we're the Noobs. And I'm Jared. Whoa, what is that voice? <laughs> Harkening back from the past. There, it's Jared. It's, it's me. It's, it's a wild Jared. He's like, arrived. I literally said it's Jared. <laughs> you know my name. And this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and, and two, two sons, sons who haven't. And Jared. <laughs> you didn't see, but I was doing some jazz hands there with that one. Oh yes, makes for excellent yes. radio. Thank you, Smith, yes. for your contribution. Look Except when we don't, into your because this week we won't. So welcome to episode number one forty nine, covering Timey Wimey number sixteen, which somehow doesn't seem possible. Men in Black three. The reason I say it doesn't seem possible is because, at, like, I felt like at one time we were doing one of these a season. Yeah. And yeah. we're on season 10. <laughs> so we've, <laughs> we've done some extras, apparently. Hey, this is the one where uh, people who don't exist stop the world from ending by going back in time to kill an animal twice. People who don't exist? Yeah, because... what? The men when in you, black. When you exist. join, oh, they erase yeah. you from every network. I, I, that's right. I was thinking from like a time travel yeah, standpoint. I oh, no. I was Okay, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you now. Yeah, hey, this is uh, Men in Black 3. Um, so who's responsible for this, guys? Um, the writer, we get kind of a dual writer credit because um, Lowell Cunningham is listed for all three movies as um, written uh, as, a, as a writer credit because he is the original creator of the comic that comic? this is based on mm-hmm. yeah did mm-hmm. you know because no. i didn't know not at all this was a, this was a comic jared knew okay. i knew because when the first one came out uh my older brothers knew about the comics and like that wasn't anything like the comic books oh and really I was a, okay you know young, I, I don't know i was a young teenager and i was like i don't care it was fun so, yeah. <laughs> that's that's always my take it's like if i'm not aware of the previous material i'm like who cares like yeah you know, right. um so was it a like long-standing series or was it like a one-off thing where it was you like know, a handful I mean, of it's funny it took me all this time in, in preparing to to come on with you guys today I, I looked it up a little bit in case it came up and no it was like a it ran for like a year it had something like 12 issues oh. or something it was before oh, okay. they optioned it for a movie maybe there was more after that but um oh. it was it was in the early early 90s um that it ran. Yeah, so. it would have had to have been because the, the first one was what, like 96 or something? 97, yeah. yeah. 97, which boggles the mind. Um, at yeah. any rate, it was, uh, so Lowell Cunningham uh, gets a writing writing credit for all three movies, but this one, uh, the screenplay or the screen story was done by Ethan Cohen. Co- Cohen. Not to be confused with Ethan Cohen of the Cohen brothers. Because I was like, <laughs> oh, was this a Cohen brothers joint? No, it wasn't. <laughs> because this was done by Ethan Cohen, not Cohen. There's 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 an H in this Ethan's. Actually, there's an H in both of this Ethan's names, because it's not Etan. It's yeah. it's Ethan. Anyways, um, he also did. And now I'm just I'm going to read out some stuff to you, uh, Jared. You may be m- more familiar with some of this stuff than I than uh, than than the the noobs here. So I'm going to read off this list here, and you tell me if oh yeah that fits when you think about this movie. He did uh, an episode or two of Beavis and Butthead. He did several episodes of King of the Hill, American Dad. This is the guy who wrote Idiocracy. 
if you're familiar with that one at all. No. Um, uh, so, so we've left TV moving into, into movies now. Idiocracy, oh, sure. okay. Get Hard, Holmes and Watson, Madagascar 2, mm. and Tropic Thunder. Madagascar 2, I only threw in there as a what? Yeah, <laughs> on this, this list of movies, Idiocracy, Get Hard, which <laughs> is a Will Ferrell joint, mm. Holmes and Watson, which is a Will Ferrell and the other guy joint. Oh, crap. What's the other guy's name? The guy, I don't know. the guy that does all of the the Will Ferrell movies. I can't think of his name. He's the, he's the, he's he's his brother in Brothers. Yeah, he's step brothers. The other yeah. guy in um, Ricky Bobby. Uh, what yeah. is it? Talladega Nights. Um, yeah, and and Tropic Thunder, and then you throw onto that list Madagascar Two. It's like, ah, <laughs> uh, But if you think about these three movies, which one would you say was written by that guy? In my opinion, it's definitely this movie. This movie seemed a little mm-hmm. more his style of humor. A little yeah. bit more. There was, it, I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but it was a little sillier yeah. at times. Yeah. There was definitely mm-hmm. a vibe in this movie mm-hmm. where it was a little more, a little more humor, a little less dark. I mean, still dark, yeah. but like the first movie was <laughs> dark. Aliens. Yeah. The first movie was was pretty. It was. Mm. It was like, was this written and directed by Tim Burton? Like, where's Johnny Depp? <laughs> Johnny Depp should have been Agent K. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, um, you're, part you're one, of- I just. Go ahead. John C. Riley, by the way. You're That's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. John C. Riley. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just did some digging. Uh, part one was written by Bill and Ted writer and creator Ed Solomon. Oh, mm. that makes sense. Part <laughs> <laughs> um, that. funny that the time travel one was not, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. part two was written by Robert Gordon, who also did the movie adaptation of a series of unfortunate events and mm wrote the best Star Trek movie ever made, Galaxy Quest. Yes. <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll go with the best movie my, ever made. No, the best Star Trek movie oh, yes. ever made. That was the best Star Trek movie ever made, Galaxy Quest. Sure. Uh, the director was Barry Sonnenfeld. Now, he actually did all three movies. So you had a different writer for each movie, mm. but the director was the same for the whole uh, trilogy. I, I, we didn't even crack into Men in Black International. I don't I don't know. Right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess probably not. But... Um, this guy, uh, so again, thinking of these three movies and listen to some of the stuff he's done before, both original Adams family movies. And then hmm. he did several, he directed several episodes of the TV adaptation of a series of unfortunate events mm. and was the producer for the TV version and the movie version of a series of unfortunate <laughs> wow. events. Wow. So. It, it wasn't until we started watching part one last week that the opening credits seemed weird to me. The opening credits where we're watching the dragonfly mm-hmm. and then it squashes on the yeah. windshield. Mm-hmm. And literally the opening credits, like the words on the screen are very Tim Burton-esque. Like the, fo- I'm talking about the font. The literal font that they used is sort of haunted house looking thing yeah. and then all of the music on it which i'll get to in just a second was like what am i watching i felt like i was watching the <laughs> intro to beetlejuice yeah. or something yeah and then when you realize okay barry sonnenfeld did this he did the adams family he did a series of unfortunate this guy has a has a thing for dark themes 
apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, he did. He was the producer on a bunch of stuff that was also in, in this kind of vein. So as I mentioned, the music, I, we don't usually talk about the music, but I had to because the music for these, all three of these movies is the same. It, yeah. You don't get to part three and go, oh, they really jazzed it up this time. No, <laughs> they stuck with a theme. The same right? music. Right. And again, that opening, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Danny Elfman is the composer. Now, I am going to run down a long list for this guy. Very long. Mars Attacks, Tales from the Crypt, Batman the Animated Series, Hello 90s Children, The Corpse Bride, Army of Darkness, Nightmare Before Christmas, mm. Beetlejuice, hello, that's what I just said, Alice in Wonderland, the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. movie, yeah. Oh, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, again, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, Mission Impossible, her? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. sure, why not? Um, Batman, Batman Returns, again, hello 90s children, you're, you're listening, yeah. Scrooged, and then... Hello again, Tim Burton and John uh, Johnny Depp, Edward Scissorhands. So it's like, <laughs> oh, this guy has a type. Mm. This guy writes a certain kind of music. So when you want to make that movie, this is the guy you, you call. Guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so funny because this movie could, could be very, all three of these movies could be very slapstick and silly and sci-fi. But what's weird about it is it has this dark overtone, mm. right? Uh, aliens splattering into goo all over the place. Yeah. Uh, giant roaches eating poor farmers, poor. Yeah. I was going to say poor, innocent wife abusing, apparently <laughs> farmers. Yeah. That's, they set that guy up, didn't they? Yeah. Did they not absolutely. set that guy up? Oh, oh, he yeah. was completely off screen, completely off screen. And just his dialogue made you want him to be eaten by a giant cockroach. <laughs> and then he walks out the door and you go, Oh, he should eat him twice and then wear his skin for the remainder of the film. Oh. Uh, that's a, yeah, that was, that was part one. So I won't get into who that guy was, but anyway, Hey guys, noobs in the Whovian is brought to you not by Google Fi this week. Forget about those guys. It's brought to you by R5 website okay. management. You remember R5 website management, right? Cause it's us. We can uh, provide you with your uh, hosting, domain registration, security, all the stuff that you need. If you want to DIY your website, we've also got a great website builder. So if you're like, yeah, I just kind of like need to slap something together myself, but I need it to be easy. We've got a product for you on there uh, that's really awesome and has literally like everything you need. Starts as little as $5.99 a month, goes up to, I don't know, like $12 or $13.99 a month, depending on how many features you need. And you can build the thing yourself, okay? Um, But if you have slightly more specific needs and you are looking for like a web developer, that's also R5 Website Management. That's literally me. I'm the website developer for R5 Website Management. So head over to store.r5websitemanagement.com. Use the code at checkout and see if your uh, co-hosts are still paying attention. If you want to (laughs) DIY it and get 15% off your entire order or email Austin at r5websitemanagement.com. If you have specific needs and you don't want to worry about it, you just want somebody to get it done for you. All right. So that brings us down to uh, where do I know that guy from? Looking at the cast this week, we spent a lot of time uh, on the cast because what a star-studded cavalcade of yeah. Hollywood <laughs> elites uh, that showed up for this movie, man. They were like, hey, those first two movies were pretty good. Let's let's pull out all the stops for this third one, except for Rip Torn. Forget about that guy. We're gonna we're gonna retire. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't I actually looked it up. Rip Torn, he was Agent Zed. He was the the, oh, yeah. the 
one of the more hilarious characters in the first two movies. I was like, oh, he must have died. No, Rip Torn was still mm-hmm. alive and kicking when this movie mm-hmm. came out. Um, but I, I can only assume that like he was retired, like he was yeah. he was he was getting on. It was like I think he died in 2012, and this movie came out in 2012. No, okay, maybe it was 2016. Oh gosh. Um, oh no. Did he die in the, Oh no. Maybe he did. I don't Maybe remember. it was 2012. Anyways, I was pretty sure that when I looked at it when this movie came out, he was still alive. But I I could be wrong. Did you about say that. his name is Rip Torn? Rip Torn. What? Yes. Yep. What a Hollywood name. Excuse me. <laughs> old Hollywood name cuz that guy was like 100 years old in the first Oh movie. no, you're fine. It was 2019. He died in 2019? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. Few. But at any rate, he he was not in this one. So I don't know if he literally just uh was retired from acting or, yeah. or what the deal was. So agent yeah. J of course, played by big Willie himself, Will Smith, the fresh <laughs> Prince. Big um, I, I love explaining to uh, the noobs and, and uh, their generational counterparts that Will Smith was in fact a rapper long yep. before he was an actor. Yeah. And also that rapper used to mean something different than it does now. because i said yeah he was a rapper and they're like really and i'm like yeah listen to this song and they're like dad that is not not rap rap. (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like in 1992 it was not bad parents just just don't understand anyways that's right um agent k was played by tommy lee jones a very tired looking tommy lee jones in this movie i don't know if that was a character choice or if he was just really old because he was really (laughs) old Wasn't he? I mean, just the really difference old. the difference between Agent K in in part two and part three is like, holy cow, the time has not been good to you. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones has been in a thousand movies. Um, he yeah. was in the Harrison Ford uh, movie adaptation of The Fugitive. That's the big so one that good. I always remember him from. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. gonna check every hen house, outhouse, lighthouse, <laughs> what you call it here from here to Kentucky. Or whatever it was, he was a special agent chasing down Harrison Ford was a, a man wrongly accused of murdering his wife. And Tommy Lee Jones was hunting him down U S Marshal, which essentially means he was playing agent K, but <laughs> not science fiction, but yeah. people, right? yeah, not, not aliens, yeah, but, but people, not aliens, <laughs> exactly yeah. people, not aliens. I desperately, desperately, desperately in one of the, one of the three of these movies wanted him to have that same line. Except uh, in saying instead of saying hen house, outhouse, and lighthouse, have <laughs> all the alien stuff instead. That's desperately what I wanted, but they they, they wouldn't give it to me. They no, you let us down. Uh, we had old agent. Oh, Corbin, I'm going to let you take this one because I didn't include her, but you you brought up a really good connection we needed to mention. Uh, she was played by Emma Thompson, who plays Professor Trelawney in some of the harry potter movies some of the harry potter movies in the harry potter series yeah yes that's the um i didn't include her because she's been also in one thousand and a half movies but uh, i couldn't think of any that were worth mentioning and then corbin said oh i didn't even notice this but i happened to look it up and boom there you go professor much longer hair and big thick glasses on in that movie then you had young and i would Oh, Sorry, ahead. I would point out that no woman would ever want to be called old anything, but that, that's that's. Oh, this is true. This is true. Uh, we'll call her present Agent O instead of past. You um, young Agent K was played by Josh Brolin doing a spot-on perfect Tommy Lee yeah. Jones impression. Holy that cow! That, that was pretty good. Did he not nail? I was like Tommy Lee Jones. Did they like 
get someone who is really good at impressions or yeah. is this like the same guy just with a lot of makeup? What yeah. did they do? Okay. If this movie when, came out last year, we would have been like, oh, they de-aged Tommy oh, Lee yeah. Jones. That's what, I, that's what I that's thought what I when I watched it. Oh, did you I really? Was like, <laughs> I was like, did they deep fake Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. Or did they, <laughs> no, you know? not in 2012 oh. they didn't. No. <laughs> not in 2012. Yeah, that's the thing because not only, not only did he sound spot on, he looked like him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I could see if you de-age Tommy Lee Jones, that's what he looks like. Actually, you know what? We probably should have pulled up a a uh, picture side. of Tommy Lee Jones at that age. They probably look exactly <laughs> like my How old favorite. Was he like twenty nine. Uh, in the movie, he said yeah, he was twenty nine. In the movie, yeah, exactly. Um, my favorite line of his, and maybe my favorite line in the whole movie, if you can count it as a line is when Jay unloads on him and says, I'm from the future and you're my partner. And a guy came back and we got, you know, like just like unloads the whole plot of the movie on him. And he stares at him and then goes, all right. (laughs) Trip goes, goes, what did he say? (laughs) I said, he said, all right. But in a spot on perfect Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. All right. (laughs) And it's just, I think I rewound it too. Cause he's like, all right. As he's walking away, <laughs> it's the best line. So Josh Brolin, who wow. if he's not doing a Tommy Lee Jones impression, you will immediately hear Thanos because he yeah. is the voice, of course, mm-hmm. of Thanos. And th- the voice of Thanos is pretty much Josh Brolin early in the morning. <laughs> it's, like, it's like if you've ever heard Josh Brolin in an interview... And then imagine what he would sound like first thing in the morning, like before his cup of coffee. They just had him come in at like before he brushed his teeth. Three. He would sound. He would sound like Thanos. You know, he's just sort of like (laughs) dropping his register slower, more methodical. Not because he's deep and thoughtful, but because he's not yet awake. (laughs) So he's also um, another MCU villain, Cable, in the Deadpool movies. So oh, if you yeah, imagine if you imagine Thanos is Josh Brolin before his cup of coffee, Cable is Josh Brolin after you cut him off in traffic. <laughs> yeah. He's just, just intense and ticked off all the time. Just amazing. So uh, Boris the Animal was played by Jemaine Clement, who is one half of Flight of the Concords. Are, are, you, are any of y'all familiar with Flight of the Concords? No. Yeah, a little bit. I've heard the name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jared, Flight of the Concords, the guy with the glasses. Yeah. That's Jimmy yeah, yeah. Clement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And what's funny is he's doing this amazing voice throughout the film. Yeah. That, like, if you don't know that's who that is, I spent, the, when I originally saw this movie, I saw it in the theaters, by the way, in 3D, because oh. that was the big draw for this movie. <laughs> I did, I did point out a couple of scenes where, when they that's like did 3D. the when they did the yeah when they were doing the time jump scene I went oh, oh by goodness. the way this was in 3D yeah Will that's, Smith's face is right here yeah right <laughs> well not only that but the the scene where they like shot you up to the top of the Empire State Building and the spire oh, is yeah. sticking up at a weird angle that's because in 3D it was coming out of the screen it's right. one of those things where it only makes sense when you're watching it in 3D otherwise it's like well that's a weird camera angle yeah that's that's interesting. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I spent the whole time watching this movie trying to figure out why this guy <laughs> sounded vaguely familiar yeah. through his absolutely insane animal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he always sounded like he was swallowing his own tongue. You know, it's like, I don't know what that accent was supposed to be, but it worked for me. Um, let's see. Griffin, the fifth dimensional creature that could see all possible futures. Which was, was my played, favorite character. I was going to say movie. he was played by Michael Stolbarg. 
who I couldn't find anything of note other than to say that guy was amazing in this movie. And he looked somewhat like uh, Bilbo. He just reminded me of Bilbo. Oh. <laughs> I don't know no, Frodo, why. Frodo. Frodo. Yeah. 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 yeah Tripp Trip okay. said that he reminded him of, of Frodo Baggins. And I was like, yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, Some, it's about the, it's, it's the eyes. He's got Elijah yeah, Ward eyes. Yeah. 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 Um, but, and then, of course, not the ability I, I don't know to see the, the future. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know why we separated uh, uh, present Agent O from past Agent O so much on this list, but um, Agent O. Um, from the past was played by Alice Eve who mm. played Carol Marcus in Star Trek into darkness. So there's another Star hey. Trek connection for you. So Corbin goes, Oh, was, was that like an important character in that movie? And I was like, <laughs> yes, she was yeah. a very yeah. important character <laughs> in that movie. So mm. at any rate, um, let's just jump on into the time travel details. So the method of time travel was a time jump. <laughs> it's called a yeah. time jump after all. <laughs> When when uh, that that phrase got first used uh, th- as I was watching it this time around, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. And like I thought there was going to be like a I, I, I thought I was figuring something out there. And then mm-hmm. I forgot that they later on literally pointed it out like uh, it's called a time jump or her. Also, full disclosure, I haven't seen this movie since I saw it in the theaters. So it's been yeah. a while. <laughs> I'd feel like how effective can this thing be if you have to jump off like isn't that the tallest building in New York? And uh, he was two feet off the ground. I think it was in the past. In sixty nine it may have been. It's yeah. it, it, it at one time it was the tallest building in New York. It's not anywhere close to that now. But point is massive building. Yeah. Two feet off the ground. Right, right, well, yeah. He also jumped off of the spaceship. Which which feels like he shouldn't have had enough height. Absolutely, like yeah. Well, it's all relative, like time. So you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. sure. See okay. what you did there. We'll go with that. Um, I I did think that that was a a hilarious uh, method of time travel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In a world where we've had um, police boxes, telephone booths, a DeLorean, uh, <laughs> a hot tub, um, oh, and God. and throw into the mix a. A literally just flinging yourself off of a skyscraper. <laughs> um, what I didn't understand. If it works, you'll know. If it doesn't. Well, you'll also know. <laughs> yeah. um, or I guess I guess you won't because you won't know anything because you'll be dead. Um, I thought it was weird that you end up where you started at the but beginning of different. the jump. Yeah. And right. like that was, not- a, that was an interesting method of time travel, right? You jump from this spot off of a building and then you come back two feet off the ground you like fly through time and space and for some reason see everything from prehistoric manhattan yeah all the way through to modern you know the 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 time that you're trying to land in but what was even weirder for me was um like you said he did he jump off of the apollo rocket to to go back to the future yeah yeah Uh, no he went back like 10 seconds because he knew what how did he get back to the future how did he get back to the present huh how did he get back oh, to the Oh, he present? jumped off the big building again. He jumped off the same building? Uh, yeah, the same The Empire State Building again? Maybe the shorter the distance you're traveling, the shorter you have to fall. But I don't I know. Oh, that actually makes that. sense, though they never said that. Yeah, they never mentioned that. But yeah. yeah. Um, so what about the rules of time travel? So there were a few that were thrown down, right? So first of all, uh, well, the guy- Sorry, oh, can, I, can I ask a question about the time jump? Uh, sure. Not that well, we have answers with any authority, but sure. Yeah. Well, sure. But, but what <laughs> happens if you, 
jump off the Empire State Building and you're going back to, say, oh, no. 1850. Oh, no. And there is no Empire State Building. So you end up back at the top of it. Oh, no. Just to fall. There's nothing there. <laughs> so you better reactivate the time jump and, <laughs> and or have a parachute. Something or like that. Or have a parachute. Yeah, there you okay. go. I have to wonder. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Why, why do they always like land right in front of the ground, floating there, and then fly back up, though? Why is that? I, no part of it. Also, makes what happens if it's you're more not. It's fun that way. Uh, yeah, that's true. For the 3D viewers. What happens if you're oh, just flailing around? So you end up like in a weird position, and then you go flying back up. <laughs> the weirdest part is they always end up standing straight up when right, they land yeah. back on the thing. Yeah, he was no, like, they he don't was like belly land flop back position. on the thing. They never left it. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. They, exactly. They jumped off. Yeah, because they came back uh, at yeah. the exact same position. Because he was at the same spot when jumping back. Yeah. after knocking Boris off, he was back. You where never he see was. them land. Oh, yeah. They fly yeah. up. They yeah, never yeah, land exactly. back down. That's true. They're just back. Yeah, it just kind of did that were. weird zoom out from their eyes or something, and then they were they were standing there again. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really weird. It's um, so a couple of the rules that got laid down. Uh, uh, the guy that sold him the time jump technology said, if you remember K, that means you were there. Right. That means so, it worked. Huh? That means that it worked. Uh, I, okay. So when K dies, or excuse me, when K is erased from history, mm-hmm. no one remembers him except for Jay and Jay even remember had that weird, you know, experience, you know, uh, uh, disturbance in the force moment where K disappears and Jay's like, Oh, <laughs> like, Oh, what was that? Chocolate milk. I've got notes on that later. <laughs> Is that chocolate milk? <laughs> yeah. So Jay remembered K and nobody else did. And I, as we were watching no. it, I couldn't remember. They all remembered him. But they remember, they don't no. remember him living after oh, those. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what it's, okay, yeah. yes, yes. Nobody Didn't remembers K after his forever. false death, de- his because... death that shouldn't have ever happened. Yeah, yeah. right. That's right. what I'm saying. Nobody remembers K in the present, so nobody remembers any of the uh, the details of of the timeline that Jay apparently still remembered. And oh gosh, I just thought of a whole other paradox here. Why was he in the Men in Black? Mm-hmm. Corbin, write that down in the paradox section that we were, we were going to talk about the I mean, inconsistency. Maybe he was just always going to be in the uh, yeah, black. So we, we get that, that sort of rule. He says, if you remember K, that means you were there. And so the implication is he remembers K because he was back in time when the fracture happened or whatever. Jared, were you about yeah. to say something? Well, just uh, on the whole, why was K in the men in black? But um, if we're going to talk about that later, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Corbin, did you make a note of that? Yeah, I will. Um, the other rule was, and this, this reminded me more of, uh, the TV show once upon a time, magic always comes at a price. Yeah. The The rule was where there is death, there is always death. But And I'm like, in the original timeline, there wasn't death. No, there in the original uh, timeline, both of them died. Both of who? Uh, agent. Like when he rewrote it, Agent K and Jay's father both died. No, the original, original time. The the original, okay. the original his father did die. Did he? That's what I would have That was the implication. Yeah. I have this later. Maybe I should talk about Wait, it. Wait, how did now. he die? He got killed by Boris, right? Yeah. So right. which Boris? Past Boris or future Boris? 
I think it was past. Past. Okay, so we're saying then that in the original version of things, Boris killed Jay's dad. Yeah. And then the second time around, Boris killed Jay's dad and Kay? Or maybe he only killed Kay? Maybe. It doesn't matter. And (laughs) And then the third time around, because Kay was spared, Jay's dad had to die. But y'all are saying so, he died anyway. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with version two was only K and Jay's well, dad didn't die. So there was yeah. death and K survived, but then they went back and swapped the deaths and then swapped the deaths again. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think Jay's dad dies every time because uh, unless okay. he's not brought into it originally. But Jay's dad, you know, Jay is talking about how his dad just wasn't there. Um, and he remembers everything like it was. So Jay's dad was right, missing yeah. from the from from the picture. You know, well, but see, Jay, no Jay didn't seem to be affected by the change in the timeline. He doesn't right. he doesn't yeah. know anything about what's happening in this right. new version of the timeline. So if right. his dad was alive, he, he wouldn't have he's not aware idea. of it. But here's here's right. here's my big monkey wrench in the whole thing. Where there is death, there will always be death. We we understand from a production level that that line was written in there solely so that we could kill off Jay's dad. Yeah. Like that's that's why we did it, right? Uh, yeah. right. Oh, or, it right. cosmically makes sense because where there is death, there will always be death. But guess what? The there was already sense. double death. We spared Kay, right. and we killed two copies of Boris. But so that, there was already death. But there right. was one. There's only. If one dies, the if the past one dies, the future one dies. Yeah, but we literally killed both of them. Yeah, but basically, if either one of them dies, the other one's gonna die as well. No, if the past one dies, the future one dies. But if the future one dies, the past one. But then the past one's gonna die in the future. Eventually, in yeah. the future. But, but my point is, if there, if 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 the idea is like like I said, with like once upon a time, like magic always comes with a cost. Past one, past one died in the original. No, he didn't. He, no, no, he lost his arm and went to Lunar Max. You're right. Yeah, that's why he was alive in the future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we killed him twice. We yeah. killed both versions of him, but that wasn't enough <laughs> so to satisfy the time travel gods. So we had to, to be a good guy person. that we care right, about. Right, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You can't just be a red so shirt there, or a bad it, guy. It had to be where there is tragedy, there will always be tragedy. Yes. That's, that's what yes. it should have been. That's yes. true. That's there true. we go. Oh, we solved it. We solved it. All there right. So go. under under the they rules should have section, asked us. come on. I you know in 2012 or 20, 2010 when they were writing this and so, some of us were toddlers, they should have asked our opinions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um. So can you change the future? This is the. Yes. Uh, I'm talking under the rules section here. Can you I mean, change the future? Did. Now, now, hang on. Did we did we ever get in this film? Did we ever get the rules section. No, not really. Did we get the Hulk explaining how time travel works? No. no, 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 no. Did we get Emmett Brown describing the unraveling of the space-time continuum? No, but they literally did change it. But did, what did they? they change? Well, they changed it and we then it got Boris changed. Boris in the future alive, but then they kill him in the past. So things oh, are yeah. different. Boris is dead. Yeah, because he got put so, in jail. Now he's not. So here's here's my question. Okay, let me think through here because it does get very wibbly wobbly. 
because J okay. So J remembers K in the present because according to the time jump salesman guy, because you were there. Yeah. That sounds an awful lot like whatever happened always happened. Right. 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 Maybe, but then yeah, we still see at the yeah. end of the movie, things are different because Boris died back then. What's different other than Boris is not around? I guess. That's all. We don't still, see that the is a change. That are different. But is it a we change? I mean, when, we, when we start in with Boris and Lunar Max, um, you know, that, that's all we know. We could just be watching a story playing out that happens to involve time travel, right? It could Did be you just that Boris find movies for us. Is it is the point that um, they could be? You know, you could be saying that Boris was always going to die on this time travel trip. So we're not seeing anything change. Um, but past yeah, Boris, yeah, but past I, I get, Boris I get what you're die. saying. I get what you're saying. And and that's where it really gets. That's where it gets. Then can really you nice explain thing. it better? Because <laughs> I don't no, think no, I'm doing no, a I'm good not, job. I'm not disagreeing with <laughs> I'm you at sure all. I'm not disagreeing with no, you. No, I just mean <laughs> it, gets, it gets dicey with time travel movies whenever you start doing this because when you go back and change, I feel like I feel like there, the only monkey wrench here is that line. You remember him because you were there, right? That makes it sound like whatever happened happened. Right. That line Whatever is also happened, weird. Always happened that way. And so it's the it's the Pompeii paradox from, you know, tenants time yeah. where right. it turns out he was always the one that caused Pompeii to erupt. And so therefore he has to do it again to save humanity and blah, blah, blah. And so him actually going there is what caused it in the first place. But we have that line there that that says that. But then things do like Corbin said, things, things do, do change. change. You get back to the future and Boris is dead. They've, he, he well, says, how does that? Hmm. Yeah. So, so, uh, Boris changed the future. Excuse me. He changed the present, right? He changed how things go. And then Jay goes back and he changed how things go. Right. Yeah. So yeah. can like, you can change guess, it, but like, not for long. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because even what not Jay did, Jay, Jay undid what Boris did, but in the process of doing that, undid it. He didn't just undo it. He, he completely changed it. Uh-huh. He put right the wrong as a la so then Samuel Beckett. So then Kay goes back and stops himself. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, he he makes sure that, that Boris from the past dies, so he never ends up in Lunar Max. So yeah. like the whole – so if there's a paradox to be discussed here, there's one, right, that they never should have gone back in time because – Boris didn't survive into the future to go back in time. And so none of this should have ever happened, which is the opposite of what Jared just said. As, as right. the other side of Jared's coin is Jared's right, like, well, exactly. here's the time travel story where time travel happened. And I'm like, yeah, but it never should have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so did they follow their own rules? All right. Huh. <sighs> if we don't have explicit rules, do we have this conversation? <laughs> I mean, the yes, rules they had was on. where there is death, there what's that? Yes, then we move on. That's the answer. Uh, oh, okay, yes. All right. Okay. I thought you, you were don't saying have rules, yes. then you follow them. Uh, oh, okay, yes. Um, 
where there is death, there is always death. All right. So we followed, we followed that rule. We set that up nicely, you know, nice little bit mm. of foreshadowing there. That was just sort of a throwaway line. Like, Hmm, that was poetic. I mm. hope that doesn't come back to bite us in the butt. <laughs> um, things they got right, things they got wrong. Anything? I don't have anything. In particular. Okay. The one thing that I had under things they got wrong, and this isn't necessarily their rules. Well, I guess it is because the way we see time travel work is he jumps off the building, 3D special effects, boom, he's back on the building, but now he's in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's in the past that he never, he's never been in as a grown man. Right? right. He's never been a grown man standing on that building in 1969. Right. But then later on in the movie, he jumps off the, 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 the rocket tower and hits the button to go back like, 10 seconds a la galaxy right. quest. Yeah. Ooh. Wait a minute. Oh, um, goes back a la galaxy quest, like 10 seconds or whatever. And it's like, he, He's now it's like quantum leap. Yeah. Now it's like quantum leap where he hops back into his own body. It's okay. You know what it is? It's it. Yeah. It's galaxy quest. And it's also, um, the, uh, Oh no. I don't Prince know. of Persia. Uh, Jared, if you remember that video game at all, Prince of Persia, where you you yeah. there was a time travel element to this video game where you hit a button and you just went zzzz, and you rewound three seconds so you could try it again. Oh, cool! So like, if you jump and you that. fall oh, off, cool. you never played Prince of Persia? No. On your Apple IIe at in middle school? <laughs> what? No, I did not. Anyways. I was busy playing um, yeah. Oregon Trail. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Prince of Persia may have been, in fact, been high school, not not middle school. So, sure, uh, it was uh, middle school was definitely Oregon Trail, <laughs> uh, where you knew you know you grew up in the '90s if you've died of dysentery more than once. <laughs> so he just basically like hit the replay button, rewound, and hopped back into his own body, but retaining his knowledge so that he could try it again. It's right. like a save point on a video game. Right. Where did right. we establish that he could do that? Yeah, that's fair. How did he that's, know to do that? There were three buttons on the side, so maybe he clicked a different button. <laughs> Instead of clicking the massive time jump, he just hit the slight rewind button. The redo yeah. button. Yeah. The redo so, button. Save game button. Uh, oh, there you go. What was your last save point? He set the dial, but the problem is that there wasn't two versions of him like there was yeah, the other time. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Well, he should have. He should have. He should have gone back in time and then landed one foot behind himself yeah. wrestling with Horace, right. and then seen him, his past version go off the edge. And then he just picks up from there and like, I forget, did Boris go off the edge with him? Yeah. Oh, okay. the problem is yeah. if they did it that way, then they would also have to have him still have the stingers in himself. So then he would just keel over and die. Oh, well, okay. That's so, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that part. Well, anyways, yeah, I just, I, I thought say, that was why like, didn't he come back with the stingers. I, I felt like this was the point where the writers went, wait a minute, we're doing a movie with time travel. We should have some more time travel in it. You know what we should do? <laughs> this would be cool. So anyways. Yeah. Um, so what about paradoxes? Corbin, what's his first note saying? So did Kay know that J. James' dad's died, did what? died right then? Like what? at the very end when the colonel dies and then it turns out, oh, it was Jay's dad all along. Did Kay know that? <laughs> I don't think this is a paradox, but did Kay know that? Okay. At one point, they said, once the dude blasts the guy's arm off, the time will revert. But he didn't blast the guy's arm off, so the time didn't revert. So he still Ooh. retains all of the memory of this. 
Oh. I so, forgot about that line. So yeah. in present time, Perfect. he remembers all of that. Now, he might not know that that was Jay. Wait, he definitely did get his arm blasted off, though. He got his arm blasted off, but then he also killed him, so things didn't revert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Mm. Yeah. So, okay, Corbin, I'm with you, because are we supposed to... Okay, Kay was acting very weird, right? Mm. And he calls up Jay, and he's like, I only promise you the secrets of the universe, so you're telling me there's secrets that the, even the universe doesn't know about? You know? And so, in other words, like there's something deeper going on that he's always wanted to tell Jay and he never has, and he's still not going to for whatever reason. That sounds an awful lot like I was there the day your father died. Yeah. And right. that's why I recruited right. you into the MIB, even though there's no hint of that in the first movie. Yeah. yeah. I was right. going to say, if this is the case, then the only way for him to even know that that kid was Jay is if he's been following him his whole life. Exactly. With the Didn't intention of recruiting him. No, no, no. The, okay, wait a minute. Hang At the on. very end of the movie, he pulled out the pocket watch. And that was supposed to be him being like, yeah, I know something. And yeah. he set down the pocket watch. The, the pocket watch is, I know what happened that day. But that doesn't explain how Kay knew that James was Jay. I don't think he did. It definitely was implied at the end. Implied the end, but on the phone call too, where he's that's what I'm saying. Is, yeah, that yeah, sounded like yeah. there's something I know about you, Jay, that I'm that I can't yet reveal to you for whatever reason. But that that presupposes that all of this happened before. That all presupposes right. that the third version of the timeline is the original version of the timeline. Which, so which again, it's, which means you're right. he died in the original. So he remembered. Jay or wiped his mind. The only, the only way. Okay. I, what I was going to say is the only way for K to know that the little boy, James on the beach was agent J is because agent J from the future showed up, except that there's not any conversation that happens to, about that in yeah. the past. Yeah. Even he just past. walks away with the yeah. kid. There's no conversation about it. And again, like you said, we have no reason to believe that he's been what? following him, stalking him his whole life, guiding him into the NYPD. Like there's, there's a lot of gaps to fill in here and none of it makes sense with the original timeline. Unless we assume that in the original timeline, everything occurred exactly the same, except he captured Boris, which that's a big assumption to make. Yeah. Jared, I, I think saying? that's, I think that's what they were trying to do. It's just that there, this wasn't planned from the beginning and so they're 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 trying to sort of fit it in without doing too much obvious retconning. And it it's do you mean when you say fit it in in the end? You mean in the end of the trilogy or or in the end of the movie? Sorry that 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 they're yeah that they're trying to say that Kay always knew you know he's got survivor guilt. In order right. for Kay to to survive, Jay's dad has to die. Right. And that's a secret that he's always lived with and kept from Jay. Right. And, you know, so and this is the way that that the the timeline has always gone, which is kind of my you know earlier point that um, in, in some ways, OK, they didn't really change anything. They just had things play out the way they were always going to play out, um, which involved going multiple people going back in time for, you know, and changing things up for a short time. So okay, wait a minute. I think, Jared, I think you just helped me figure it out because i was okay. gonna say 
He can't, K in the future can't have those memories prior to them happening. And, 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 and by your logic, right. what you were saying was, you know, we start the story with things the way they are, but then the time travel happens. So that's the way it always happened. And we're just seeing this weird parallel branch. And I was going to say, yeah, but at the beginning of the movie, K is acting weird, which he wouldn't have based off of the first timeline, except that right. he remembers because he was there. Because he was there. Yeah. So hmm. I don't think that the writers took took it this far, but by gosh, we're going to. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I don't remember the possibilities of every time. Because you weren't can... there when the time fracture happened, sir. Yeah, man. That's right. If you were, you would remember them. It's not like I remember every possible combination of events that could have happened in my past. If you time traveled back and caused them, you would, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sure no you have never time traveled so you don't know how it works we've done we've done it again we've pulled a meet the robinsons here yeah we've thought about it too hard (laughs) and made it make sense Kay remembers both versions of things because he was there when the fracture happened just like jay remembered Kay because he was there when the whole time he knew about both versions and just yes. didn't tell. Is it meant yes. to say that Jay also remembers both versions? No. Because he doesn't no. imply that ever. Because he did. I we don't just want broke to. It again. <laughs> we broke it again. Stop thinking. We fixed it. Stop thinking. You're going to break it again. <laughs> he was a child at that time. Maybe he doesn't remember those events. Wait, but he like, got his mind wiped. He got his mind wiped. That means that he wouldn't have remembered... When he was a kid, he got oh, his mind wiped. Of course, yeah, because oh, yeah. because Kay That's said, "Look right her. here, and I'll I'll tell you the only thing you ever need to remember: your daddy was a hero." Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. That's Fixed right. Fixed it again. Yep, go there you go. Top yeah. layer. Boom. Now, what if? Oh, oh crap! What, <laughs> no. What if it's the, fragile, what Jared? If, don't break it again. <laughs> no, no. I just just uh, just thinking this. What if the line you remember because you were there only refers to him there as a child? So he remembers Kay now because he was present there as a child. Has nothing to do with him going back in time. <laughs> that but that's not what it means. I had. That that's not what it means, though. No, I think what? that might be what it means. <laughs> what? I'm because just saying. What if? Stop, I, I don't you're, know. You're hurting my baby. I, I like. Oh. <laughs> I I like what we've come up with. I think that's what the writers intended, and I'm going with that. But I just. Just want to throw that out I, there because I, I just thought on one point. I don't think that's what the writers intended. I think the writers were sloppy, think, yeah. and we're doing their job for them. Yeah, that's or, right. We just created a theory that fixed. I like that idea, Jared. Corbin's about to pop. I was, I was thinking, saying that line makes no sense. You remember it because you were there, which implies he was there, but he also didn't stop it, and that's why things changed and are the way now. But then he somehow goes back in time and fixes it. See what's what's funny is y'all y'all are taking that line. You remember because you were there. Y'all are taking that line to refer to James being there as a child. And I didn't see it that way. I was only ever thinking about it as in adult agent J back in time. That's why he was there. That's why he remembers. But the problem is that means that there was at some point a time where adult agent James was in the past, but also he didn't save the day. And so K dies. Yeah. So if we take it to mean little James was there, okay, then because he's he was there as a there. child, he 
has some sort of recollection specialness about him. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's the time traveler logic, right? Doctor who even kind of touches on this where it's like, you have traveled through time now. So you see things differently. So you're going to remember some things that maybe didn't happen or maybe that happened in a different version of things or whatever. That's kind of what we're getting at here is because he was present at a time fracture, his memories are, are alterable in some sense or something. Yeah. Okay. What if, no, I got nothing. I got nothing. (laughs) Okay. 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 We, we have I really food. don't. I really do think the writers were being sloppy. And, yeah, and we're overanalyzing we it, in, it in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, character arcs. Who is who? Uh, can we talk about J and K's relationship? <laughs> I felt like they were trying to maintain the grizzled old agent and the greenhorned newbie vibe that they established in the first movie. Yeah. But Jay has been like a full-blown senior, senior agent for 14 years now. <laughs> right. So, and I don't understand why they like are is it is it nostalgia? Is it like this this is this this dynamic is what made these characters good, so we have yeah. to preserve it? Yeah. Even though it makes no sense. I think we can safely assume Jay has had more partners than Kay has. Uh yeah, because yeah, he's blown easily. through. Yeah. He's not new. I'm under the impression that Jay is Kay's second partner. I'm assuming that the white haired old guy that he flashed in the first movie was his first partner. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's just right. my ticket. Yeah. Especially because when we get to 1969, he doesn't have a partner. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even have one. Yeah. Oh man, that's a missed opportunity. They should have had a younger version of whoever that was agent. M oh, yeah. or Whatever his name was. They should have had that guy. Um, but I, I just, this is the difficulty with, with sequels. This is, this is, one of the issues that I I braced myself for with Bill and Ted Face the Music, mm-hmm. I prepared myself mentally for it. And I think that's the only reason I was able to put up with it is that 30 years later, Bill and Ted are still stoner teenagers. And stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like they have not gotten any more intelligent level head. I don't sound or act anything like I did in when high school. You're 16. Or I think, the way I remember you in high school, you do. I... What? what? Well, I remember it because I was there. Let's Do talk about that some more. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it because I was there. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I, I it, that is the problem with, especially long, you know, the the current fad of the thirty year sequel. Yeah. Right. Blade yeah. Runner twenty forty nine and yeah. Bill and Ted Face the Music and Heaven Help Us All Top Gun Maverick. Yes. Top Gun Maverick. I know nothing. I know virtually nothing <laughs> about except that a man who has been a fighter pilot for 30 years <laughs> is still both alive and a fighter pilot. Yeah. <laughs> and probably still the best. None of those things compute. He should be. Uh, what was he air force or was he navy i don't remember navy he was navy he okay. was a naval aviator so the man should be a flipping admiral by now he's 30 years older and they're going to try and portray maverick as still yeah. a hot shot pilot who doesn't respect authority he is the authority he's the old man on the ship he's been it for 15 years he should he he this man has buried captains okay like forget about him being just the pilot um, who buzzes the tower because he's a hot shot and a rebel. So again, I'm bracing myself for that. And you know what? Yeah. I'm still going to go see it in the theaters. So oh, shut yeah. up. Yeah. 
I feel like they tried to hang on to that dynamic with these two characters and it felt very shoehorned. Like yeah. this, I wanted to see J and K being the hot, being the amazing duo that they would be after 14 years of being partners. Yeah. Or 10 years of being partners because yeah. there's that five year yeah. break. In the- yeah. Partners, then not partners, <laughs> then partners again. Yeah. They were partners for like two days for the first movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, then he, then he then took he a five year hiatus, a quick coma nap. Wait, you said that was his first partner. That means he got his first partner. And then gave him his job and then left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, no, he literally said that. He said, I haven't been training a partner. I've been training a replacement. Right. Wow. And yeah, presumably this is within, within, uh, you know, a, a lunar cycle of him erasing his partner. Yeah. You know, it's like not, you know, hardly any time has passed and he's like, yep, I'm checking out. I'm done. And then he comes back and does another decade. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, Corbin, was this your note here? Where? Under who's who? Oh, uh, I think this is more a question Trip was asking, but oh, it's still not exactly clear why Kay is so emotionless. Is it because he saw James' dad die, and also does he know that it's Jay again? I still keep coming back to this question. I, Trip, I think you're reading the uh, the the writer's intention that Kay is who he is. And and Jay is even talking about it at the beginning of this movie, yeah. right? He's like, like why are you the way you mean? are? And then the answer is he is the way he is because he's been holding back this terrible secret for 40 years. Except yeah. no, like that's, I, I hate, I hate to boil down this entire character to one bad afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like he never grew beyond that. He never went past that. He's like, it's not even just that he acts like this around James J because yeah, he's maybe it's way. Jay's dead. Yeah. He's always that way. For yeah. 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, even, even like uh post coma, you know, men in black two version of K when he's yeah. working at the, at the post office, he's the same guy. He's the same emotionless robot, except now he's running a post office instead of a secret agency. And he has no memory of well, this yeah, supposed right. assembly. Yeah. So it would be fine if they went back and he was still that way. Right. But since he's not. And that's what I'm saying is like, they I make it this. seem like he was Jay. He yeah. was happy go lucky. Young spry Till, guy, yeah. non agent O, and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And maybe yeah. they will, maybe they won't. And then one bad afternoon, and he's even, ruined even for life. When he gets his memory wiped, he still remembers the fact that right. he has to maintain <laughs> exactly. this exactly. weird oh, version of himself. So, anyways, uh, so what have we learned today? Well, did, did we part did of we, that? Oh, go ahead. Jared. Well, part of his original character, um, the the men in <clears throat> men in black were supposed to be like emotionless, faceless, like you just, that, that's, right. that's kind of more what they were. Obviously that doesn't make for great movies. And, Are you talking about and, a comic version? Yeah. Comic version. Okay. From what okay. I, from what I understand, I haven't actually read the comics. I've just looked into them a, a little bit, but from what okay. I understood of them, you know, they, they all basically looked the same and, and, uh, and, and yeah, not, not a whole lot of emotions there again not great for TV movie sort of stuff. And then of course you get the, the great juxtaposition of the, the um, deadpan 
Tommy Lee Jones with the vibrant right. uh, slapstick ish uh, Will Smith. So um, I think maybe that's, you know, I think they're having fun. And as you said before, maybe just a little bit of sloppy. Um, if you're going to analyze like we are, a little bit of sloppy writing. <laughs> Obviously, and, these writers have done more than I have ever done with yeah. writing, but still. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing we always yeah. have to come back to, right? Like I, I was listening back to one of our episodes recently and I said something to the effect of, you know, granted this movie was, uh, this, or this episode was watched by like 5 million people. Oh, we were, that's what it was. We were kind of slamming on the viewership. It was yeah. like 5.63 million viewers. And we were like, how lame is that? And I was like, well, it's still, you know, orders of magnitude more people than listen to our little podcast here. So maybe we yeah. should shut up and move along with our lives. But, <laughs> but that's what we're here to do. Um, so Corbin, um, is that how that works? Anything, um, anything scientific or technological bugging you about this movie? I mean, where to begin? Uh, even, not, but... not bugging me actually. The only thing I wanted to mention was their description of that fifth dimensional guy, I think is actually like really good and pretty accurate. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this really old video on YouTube. That's... By that, I mean six years. No, like 12 years. Oh, <laughs> that's almost as old as I am. Okay. So that's almost as old as YouTube is. So anyways, 12 year old video, yeah, 12 year old video. Uh, it's like almost it's, a teenager. I think it's called like visualizing the 10th dimension or something. And it's basically just going through string theory or something. And mm. this description of a fifth dimensional being kind of lines up with that pretty well. So. Cool. Maybe I'll try and find the video and put it in the show notes, but um, please do. Yeah, it's very interesting. Or we could just take your word for it. Yeah, sure. Fifteen-year-old expert on string theory. <laughs> 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 Anyways, uh, random stuff we noticed. Why was the cake jiggly? <laughs> Why? And it wasn't just a bug. It was the cake. At the opening scene, she's walking through holding the cake, and every step she takes, the cake is jiggling like it's a Jello mold. And Trip <laughs> said. It's going to turn out to be a living thing. And me remembering that there was something in the cake, but couldn't remember what the reveal was exactly was like, yep, that's probably it. It's going to be like a shapeshifter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, nope, inside the cake, there's a bug. And guess what? Exoskeletal arachnid looking mm-hmm. bugs don't do. Jiggle. Jiggle. That means the <laughs> outer layer of that cake was jiggling. Mm-hmm. Why was the cake jiggling? It's it was an alien cake. It's all right. It's on yeah. the moon. So it's got yeah. one sixth the gravity, which means six times the jiggle. <laughs> That's not how math no. works. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I noticed that the neuralizer kept changing. So in the beginning, it was in the first movie, it was a round thing, a round silver tube yeah. with a red light. And then in the second movie, it was a round silver tube with a blue light. Mm-hmm. And then in the third movie, it's a square. <laughs> or not a square, but it's a rectangle. And I'm like, what the heck, guys? Yeah. Why, do, why do we keep changing it? By the way, uh, Burger King did a big, giant tie-in with, I think, the first Men in Black movie. And so they had um, toys in their, in their uh, whatever they call their Happy Meals. It's not Happy Meals. Um, their, their kids' meals that were all like Men in Black stuff. And some of them, I don't remember what, what any of them were. I remember <laughs> feeling like they were all lame, except that they had a neuralizer. Was it like actually a big neuralizer? It was it was full size except that it was the full size of what it is before they go shunk and extend it, yeah. you know. 
So it was like it was collapsed and it didn't extend. That was the oh. one thing I didn't like about it. But How are they it had a button at the top. And when you hit the button, a red light went on. And it was the, and when you hit the button, it also pushed down the pin because it was a pin. Oh, wow. <laughs> and no kidding. No kidding. Oh, I was wow. probably, so let's, let's see, this movie came out in 97. So I was 16 years old. <laughs> I went to Burger King and, and I said, <laughs> I went inside and I said, I do not want a kid's meal. I am 16 years old. I work in fast food. Okay. <laughs> I'm 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 a man. I don't want a BK big kids kids meal, but, but I, I want the flashy meat. thingy. Yeah, but I, I want and I want it now. I and I said, and I said, I think I asked for the manager. I really do. I think I asked for the manager, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What do I have to pay you <laughs> to get the flashy thing?" And the guy goes, "Are you kidding me right now?" And I'm like, "I want the flashy thing." <laughs> he reaches under the counter. He pulls one up in the bag. And goes, here. And I go, how much do I owe you? And he goes, please keep it. I want to tell this story later. <laughs> and my 16-year-old tail unwrapped that thing, hit, pointed it at the manager, and hit the button, and turned around, and walked the slap out of there. <laughs> you do and not remember the, this interaction. Shortly after that, shortly after that is when my dad bought me my very first suit. And it was a black suit. Oh my goodness. And, and, and you, I am here to you tell you. the glasses. I am here to tell you. That flashy thing rode in that coat pocket <laughs> for, for over a decade. <laughs> I am pretty sure that you did. all were alive when I took that thing out of that pocket. Of course. And so whenever, whenever I got the opportunity, whenever I got the opportunity. Oh, and, and eventually I got a solid black tie for oh, some God. for something. Of course. And occasionally I would wear the black suit with the black tie. And, and if some, and, and when I would be out in the sun, I would have on my sunglasses. Or even if I didn't have that, if someone ever made a comment about me looking like the men in black, I would look around. I would pull my sunglasses out of one suit pocket and put them on, pull the flashy thing out of the other suit pocket, point it at them hit the button and walk away <laughs> as, as often as I no, could. You'd be like, I probably did this 20 times in my life. It was my favorite, favorite thing. I'm to do. sure you were so cool. I was the coolest kid in school. Yeah, Let me tell you sure. what. Welcome to a new segment of the show. Austin <laughs> reveals the full extent of his nerdiness. <laughs> so the follow-up segment to Corbin has feelings was Austin had no friends. <laughs> hey, actually, we all know nerds grow up to rule the world, so it's I, okay. No, actually, I was going to say because I had the right kind of friends, they yeah. loved it. Yeah, they yeah, loved yeah. it every time yeah, I did it. Absolutely. I actually did occasionally. I did have someone who I did that to later on, like grab a friend and be like. Hey Austin, do the thing. <laughs> so it kind of was like it became a thing. What so. thing? What do you mean? I, yeah, what, what thing are you talking about? I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyways, that's enough of the <laughs> that's enough of the neuralizer. Oh, and then we didn't even I didn't even put in the notes here the giant neuralizer that they have to put oh, you yeah. inside of. Which, By the way, why did they, they had the battery powered? They had the small one. Why did they stick them in the big giant tube and spin them around if they had a a, a utility belt version of so it? So that they could put him in, we could go, oh my goodness, that's the neuralizer. Right. And then be and then have time for him to convince him not to okay. use it. 
how do these things work that it was making the modem noises? I know. Oh, yeah, he was turning it on. Yeah, it sounded like it was connecting to AOL. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I forgot about that. Um, so, okay, so I mentioned earlier about aliens exploding into goo. Did you all yeah. notice that in this movie, they just had like absolutely no problem? Why did they take him for the alien the first time? Instead of just straight up murdering him like yeah, everyone, else, yeah. everyone else in this movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, so so in most like action movies, you always have the cannon fodder, right? The 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 henchmen that are only there to take all of the bullets yeah. so that they don't have time to kill the main bad guy until the big final scene, right? But right. in this one, they weren't like shooting them and they were bloodlessly falling to the ground like often happens in in action movies they you know unless, exploding into green goo like, exploding ah. into various colors of goo uh, yeah various viscosities ah. of goo they were evaporating evaporating everything except for the goo inside of them I, right yeah, yeah or just turn them into goo it makes me wonder if you shot a human with one of those would they explode into goo as well it would be red is, it a, goo. is it a property of aliens or a property oh, of yeah. those guns <laughs> so blah, blah, blah. anyways um i love that sorry Jay for your a, loss here's your box of goo <laughs> here's your <laughs> here is the cup of your loved one's remains you did attack an agent that doesn't exist so here you go <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love that Jay had a big uh, picture of Frank the Pug in his bedroom. Oh, yeah, that Did was so that? funny. Just casually over the shoulder. I say casually, except it was like the size of the, <laughs> the wall. size of the bed. It was a, yeah. just center shot. It was like a six foot tall head of a pug. <laughs> that was. There were some very subtle little callbacks, which doesn't make any sense if you didn't see the second one. Oh yeah, or the first one for that matter. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, no, yeah. yeah, it makes even yeah, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah. that he would have the random pug that they talked to for five minutes in the first movie. Yeah. Unless you had the second one, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the best line in the whole trip, movie. Trip, you want to tell him my favorite line in the whole movie? I, I I take back what I said earlier. That was my favorite line that Josh Brolin delivered. Here is my favorite line from the entire movie. It was delivered by a toddler. You want to give it to him, Trip? Mommy, the president is drinking my chocolate milk. <laughs> I had to pause the movie. I had to pause the movie Everyone, and look at my teenage children say, and say, this movie takes place in 2012. And then they immediately burst into tears laughing. I had to be like, remember a time where Barack Obama was the president and this kid said Will Smith looked exactly like him. And I was like... That is hilarious. That is the and I love that I love that the line was delivered by a toddler off screen. Yeah. So you yeah. know that was ADR, and it makes yeah. me wonder. So there's um, there's a thing called punch ups, where uh, they will hire writers to do to 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 come in when a script is like completely done and add in jokes. Right. <laughs> um, Patton Oswalt talks about this, and um, this is exactly the kind of thing that would have been added in later because they could have added that in after the movie was done. Because all yeah. you had to do was bring in a child. It didn't even have to be that child. Because that you never hear her voice other than that line. Speaking and yeah, that and when she says he didn't even say please, which you don't see her say that either. It's yeah. all off camera. And yeah. they just added this in and it doesn't affect anyone on screen. So I'm willing to bet that that line was not present when they were filming that scene. It was added in later. It's uh, possible they, were, they waited on it too to make sure he was reelected. I mean, it came out in 2012. Oh my gosh. And- 
real so he's reelected that fall so maybe that's that wasn't so a true huh um, i didn't even think about that mm-hmm. that oh that's exactly why it was off camera because they were filming yeah. this in 2011 right oh my gosh that's so great that is so great um did y'all notice that the aliens in the 60s look like aliens from the 60s that was <laughs> yeah <weird. laughs> did you they notice just that? take on the look of you the mean humans. aliens don't follow uh, earth fashion and uh, uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like it, it's it's like when you're watching the first two men in black movies and the first part of this movie, the aliens look like the special effects and the, and the style that you would expect from a movie from the nineties and the early two thousands. And then they're in the sixties and it is every star Trek alien ever. (laughs) It's prosthetics. It's silver onesies. Uh, I thought that was so great, man. They they nailed the aesthetic of the sixties down to the fact that the aliens looked retro. That's which in universe, that means were they influencing the look of aliens in science fiction somehow? Mm. You know what I mean? Different aliens coming in at different times. Was there someone in the know that was creating like, like, like was Gene Roddenberry actually an alien? (laughs) This actually makes oh, sense now that I've said it out loud. That'd be so funny. That's totally a joke they would have made. I can't believe they didn't, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. Um, let's see. Who who did we discover in the course of these three films? Who did we discover was an alien? Lady Michael Gaga. Ja- Michael Jackson. What'd you yeah. say? Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Yeah. Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. uh, oh crap. Uh, Elvis. Yeah. Um, right. He didn't die. He just went home. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there were several other, there were several other ones. Were they name? all famous singers, though? Yeah, that's what I was just sitting there thinking about. What was that painter that was actually an agent? He's yeah, like, just yeah Andy Warhol was actually Andy an agent. Warhol, that was my favorite part. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I've got some. Uh, let's see, did I have notes about that? Oh no, I thought I had notes about that in the uh, in this section here. Um, yeah, I'm I filming loved... him eating a cheeseburger. It's transcendent. <laughs> transcendent. <laughs> All right, so Jared, are are you are you in on that joke? Because I had to exp- I had to explain this one to the boys. Are you familiar uh, with that film? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Warhol actually did this, right? Except he didn't film a person eating a cheeseburger. He filmed himself. Right. He did a piece yeah. of quote art that is a like a, a table on a blank backdrop. He walks into frame with a bag from I think Burger King. Second <laughs> shout out to Burger King this episode. Yeah. Sits down. What is the top result? <laughs> what? You type in Andy W A and it shows up Andy Warhol hamburger. Uh, yeah. uh, that's because that's because you're using my browser and I searched for that. Oh. Um, yeah. So, so he sits down, unwraps the cheeseburger, never says a word, eats the cheeseburger, wads the paper up, sticks it back in the bag, stands up and walks away. It's like four and a half minutes long. That is art. the entire piece of art. Mm. That is the entire thing. I love it. I love his I'm line. I'm running out of ideas. I'm painting soup cans. Yes, yes. <laughs> soup cans and bananas. So funny. Yeah, soup cans and bananas. Yeah. Bananas. Oh, oh so great. I love when uh, you can do it in time travel. You can do it in, in, in any genre of sci-fi that takes place in the past, whether there was time travel involved or not. I love that that thing where it's like you explain away the genius of some of some <laughs> human by saying, no, it was an alien who didn't know what he was doing or it was a secret agent who got bored. I love that trope. I want more of it. Um, okay, so to sort of wrap things up on a poignant note, I love when Griffin said, a miracle is what seems impossible but happens anyway. And it reminded me of something that I heard um, 
fairly recently, and I, I wish I could remember. I've been listening to a whole lot of um, of Lawrence Krauss and Richard Dawkins and Neil deGrasse Tyson. I've been listening to a bunch of them lately, mm-hmm. um, podcasts and YouTube videos, and you know, like conferences they've done and stuff. And and one of these guys, you know, who's who's ridiculously smarter than I am, mm-hmm. um, made that statement where. He said, we're pattern seeking creatures, right? We look for patterns and we look for um, coincidence, which we try and come up with, you know, meaning and purpose behind coincidence. But when you realize that if something has a one in a million chance of happening and there's 8 billion people on the planet right now, that means that if there's, if there's something that there's a one in a million chance of it happening to a human being today, it probably happened 800 times on the planet today. So it's like, yeah, it, when it happens right. to you, it's incredible. Yeah. It's how in the world did I make that shot or that thing landed just the way it was supposed to, or the timing worked out. I'll give you a great example really quickly. Last night, because Brayden wanted to go to the park after dinner, we decided to go to the park. And as a result, Brayden and I ended up helping to find a guy who got lost and had a silver alert out about him in our neighborhood. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bizarre set of circumstances, right? Yeah. But again, if you do the math. That's probably happened 10 times yesterday. Well, you know, one thing that Braden said that kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit, because I'm, or maybe it was you, Trip. I think you said it. It was like, you know, if you guys hadn't been there, someone else would have found him. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but they didn't. So. Right. <laughs> and I mean, that's the truth. You know, there were like four police cruisers, a citizens patrol, and like at least four or five other people in the neighborhood out looking for this guy. We happened to be the ones that came across him at the moment that we did. If we hadn't, nobody else would have found him where we found him, but where he ended up as we followed him while we were waiting for the police, somebody else would have found him, right? Mm-hmm. But again, that's the thing <laughs> is we look at it and we say, you know, it's it's a miracle. It, it's what are the odds of that happening? Well, the odds of it having happened to you five minutes ago is one in one because it did. What were the odds beforehand? Maybe it was one in a million, but one in a million things happen every day. Mm. That's why every um, news headline is, um, you know, last chance to see this rare astronomical event for the next right. 857 years. And it's like, yeah, but that's one of about a thousand astronomical events that will happen this year that only happen every 857,000 years or whatever. I think I just multiplied that by a thousand, whatever it is, you know. Right. And And the last one was two dots in the sky. And, you know, okay, great. I saw it. I saw two dots. It looked like two stars. Yeah. Which one was that? Was that like Mars next to Venus or something? Yeah. The two, I forget. I think it was Jupiter. Yeah. Two planets really close to each other, almost, you know, almost right on top of each other. And and it's cool and all. Was this the Bethlehem? They were calling it the Bethlehem star? Yeah. Yeah. That was back around Christmas. Okay. So there you go. Right. That is as close as those two planets will appear in our nighttime sky for the next thousand years or whatever it is. Right. But six months from now, one of those two planets is going to be closer than it's ever been to some other planet in the solar system Hmm. for the last thousand years or whatever it is. And that's, you know, again, you you start to see those headlines and you realize, oh, wait a minute, there's crazy one in a million things happening in the sky every single day. And in one sense, I bring that up to say it doesn't mean anything. But in the other sense, I'm bringing it up to say that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> like I will forever and Brayden at age nine will for the rest of his life be telling this story. 
about the time that he wanted to go to the park and we decided to go to the park and we ended up at the park when we did, because mom was too tired to walk to the park. We decided to drive to the park. You know, it's like, you know, so many things that had to go a certain way. And it's just like what Griffin said. The police cruiser happened to be coming around and happened to talk to y'all and y'all guys split up. Exactly. And if you didn't split up, you may have gone a different route. Yep. We would have gone home in the car a different way. We never would have seen the guy. Um, if, if the citizen patrol car hadn't stopped us to chat with us for a minute when they did, then we probably would have passed by the guy without seeing him, you know, yeah, anyways. And, and Griffin said that same thing where he's like, you know, so many different things had to happen. I love his breakdown of like the, the, the pitch that, you know, the home run resulted from a variation in the pitch because the, the baseball's leather wasn't tanned properly yeah. because the guy working in the factory in Guadalupe or whatever, his wife was having an affair. <laughs> All of these what? things what? that come together. And and it's, yeah, it's it's amazing. So one in a million things happen every day, but that doesn't mean that it's not amazing when it happens to you. And when it happens yeah. to you, sit and just soak in that for a minute. So there's there's your, there's your, there's your, Austin has philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> Austin has thoughts. Austin yeah. waxes poetic. <laughs> Austin, I do that every now and then. I'm yeah. like, there's times where I'm listening back and I'm like, whoa, there's my dad moment for the week. Every, every good time. podcaster should, right? Everyone, every once in a while, it's okay. So guys, new to the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like uh, this guy. Hey, I, I think that's me. <laughs> I think. No, Victor's here um, in the room with us. He's been quiet this whole time. No, Hi, Victor, Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do like they do, here's what you can do. You go on over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support. Trip, I love the way you looked at me as though I was queuing you up for something. Were you waiting for something? What? No, no. I was <laughs> expecting you to say we do Yeah. Doobie, he was looking doobie, at me like, are you going to do it? Are you going to do the thing? Anyways, guys, head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support. Find your favorite way of supporting your favorite podcast. And if not, support this one. Hey, um, so was it good? So first of all, was it a good story trip what do you think yes it was, it was definitely a great story i thumbs up yes two thumb. enthusiastic or seven up. depending on how many hands you have i mean not being biased <laughs> against aliens i'm glad to hear <laughs> don't want to be don't want to be too uh, uh human centric yeah, yeah yeah uh corbin what about you yeah i thought it was good uh it, I don't know. We watched all of these so closely together that I can't haven't been able to really form a ranking in my head, but I still think this one isn't the worst of the Men in Black movies. <laughs> it's <laughs> not the worst. It's it's better than two, I think. I would rank them the one, three, two. Yeah. 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 One being the best one. I, th- I still think sure. one holds up as the best one. Oh, yeah. Three is yeah. the is the next best one. Yeah. And then four never is happened. Never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally can't remember anything about that movie except that it's Star- Valkyrie and Thor. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. all yeah, I can that's remember. All. I thought it was good, though. So uh, three thumbs up, I guess. Three thumbs up. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say yes. Y'all y'all know how I felt about it. Uh, Jared, what, what, what do you think? I, I'm going to say... I'm going to say yes with some reservations. I just, uh, okay. um, the, the Whovian and I were, were talking a little bit, uh, texting back and forth this week. And, um, you know, I, 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 I came away from it like, ah, that was a fun, you know, that was a fun little movie to watch, but nah, I don't need to, you know, I, I don't need to own it. I don't need to watch it a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> okay. I had com- almost completely forgotten. I, I'd probably only seen it once before. Um, but completely forgotten what was going on until I watched it. I was like, oh yeah, here it comes. But 
I also think I I run into some trouble uh, watching um, watching some movies that kind of I studied uh, story in college. You know, I was a theater major, and I you right. know I read Joseph Campbell and studied about you know where how is. how there's only like a few different types of stories out there, really, even though we've got lots of different stories that they follow lots of the same uh, um, formats and things. And so sometimes when I'm watching a movie that I would say this one falls into that category, it's like, okay, you just introduced that character. I know he's here just to die. So I'm not going to get too attached to him. Does you know, that ruin it, uh, stories for you? That's what I'm saying. I think it 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 has changed how I view things. Because like as a kid, yeah. I was like, loved it. But I mean, you know, that's, you, you know, but I, I loved almost anything. And, you know, as I got older, it's just like, eh, okay, I, I saw all of that coming. And so I just, yeah, so yeah. I, I, I ran the soundboard at, uh, at my church when I was in youth group and yeah. it ruined me for live events for all of time. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, in the, you know, I'm, I'm at a concert and I'm like, does anybody hear that buzz? I mean, is, you know, oh, might be some monitor yeah. but, uh, anybody hear that? Uh, right. Surely the soundboard guy can hear that, you know, like, and I and like, I'm obsessing, you know, um, uh-huh. yeah, it, it's when, when you know what's going on, it, it can mess things up. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, what is it? There's, there's only what, six stories or something like that. Yeah. I think that sounds right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, single digits. Too far away to remember for sure, but yeah. 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 So, I also, so I also says, disclosed if you are an uncultured swine, <laughs> not at all, not at all. I just, um, I also, if you know, you I didn't know watch better, this with a group. Then this is a good movie. I, no one else in my family was interested in watching. I watched it on my own, like on my iPad while I was doing dishes and Aww. folding laundry and stuff. And so, <laughs> so it brought of, down the mood. Wait a minute. Of course, you're not, you, you know, there was no lab track. There's nothing keeping giving, me, you know. Are you giving a review of a movie that you watched while you were doing chores because yeah, my rating goes down significantly. Yeah. If that's the case. That you watched while you were mowing the grass. Well, <laughs> well, that, no. okay. well, if I can't do that, then you got to find yourselves a new co-host. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That's when I well, have listen. time. Listen, Jared, all we did was ask you to watch three movies this week. That's all we no, asked out that's, of you. That's Come all on. we wanted. Come on. Well, I watched Jared. one movie and I did it during chores. So there Stick you go. So <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I'm still saying yes. It's a fun movie. And Good. and okay. as far as uh, the, the third in, in uh, you know, a trilogy goes for for so many, they this they true. did a great job. Um, yeah, yeah, for there are sure. So it, many it could have been a big third, third movies that are just terrible. Matrix Revolutions so. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so was it a what's that? Don't get me started on Matrix. They're coming out with a fourth one that I'm sure will completely redeem the entire trilogy. <sighs> just like Men in Black <sighs> Four, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. No, uh no. so was it a good time travel story? Um, I'm gonna kick us off with saying, yeah. 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 Was it a time? I think I, I think it's one of those ones where as we were sitting there watching it, as we were watching it, I was already picking it apart and finding flaws with it. <laughs> and and let me rephrase that. I also did that when I saw it the first time. It's not like yeah. me, you know, <clears throat> retrospectively doing that. I typically go through a couple of phases with time travel movies. I watch a movie and if it's great, then I'm in it. 
and I don't care about the the flaws. Yeah. And then it's when you're thinking yeah. back on it, you go, wait, wait a minute. Mm. How did yeah. that happen? Mm. You know, yeah. and then as we do sometimes here on the show, we overthink it to the point that we like we overthink it and break it, and then we over overthink it and we fix it again. And that's my favorite. Um, this is one where I skipped over the first step. I didn't have I didn't have the time where I was enjoying everything so much that I yeah. didn't have time to pay attention yeah. to the flaws. I was watching it going, uh, wait a minute. Man. So like, I think that us talking about it, if you'd asked me uh, an hour ago, I would have said, not so much. There's too many flaws. It was too sloppy. But now that we've over overthought it, yes. I'm going to say yes. Now that we've over yeah. overthought it. I'm going to say yes with a question. Okay. Who wants to go next? I, I think it, as far as time travel movies go, like there's only as far that you can think of. And when it comes to writing, there's only so far you can go with being able to do it all in a small uh, yeah, amount of time. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, as far as time travel movies go, yes, it was. I think. Okay. I talked too much in the first uh, section, so I'm just going to say yes and leave it there. <laughs> right. I'm noticing Corbin has not written in his response yet. So that makes it I'm, a no. That's I'm just waiting. me being lazy. Oh, okay. I think is, there were some inconsistencies, you know, like the different ways that he travels back in time and stuff. But yeah. mm. at least they kept it simple. So it was kind so of hard, hard to even to flaw, go too but... wrong. Because in other words, they weren't like jumping back and forth in time yeah. and stuff. I think That's there was when it always literally three time jumps in the entire movie. All and, of which basically entirely unrelated. Like yeah. the first time he goes yeah. back. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of like one part yeah. and then he comes back. So right. like the more interesting time travel stuff was uh Griffin, who is able to see different yeah, yeah not, not the time cool. travel but the the time possibility and trying to yeah. figure out which one is going to happen this that time. was oh i loved oh when, my goodness when, uh we we had a, a small little debate about the the final scene where he's like you know unless this is the one where Kay forgot to leave a tip and then you see like <laughs> asteroid coming for the planet and then he goes oh i almost forgot and leaves the tip and mm. so it hits a satellite and the boys are yeah. like what does him leaving a tip have to do with it? And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not causal. It's, it's not causal. It's He's just remembering just, infinite realities. Yeah. And the one where he forgot to leave a tip also happened to be the one where the asteroid didn't hit the satellite. Yes. They're not related. <laughs> and they're like, all right, fine. That yeah, asteroid was not a threat, but that's not the point. I yes. <laughs> It was the size it's, of that. Unless it was headed for the diner. Oh, no. Oh, no. In which, in which case it would, it would be, be fine anyways. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be a grain yeah, of salt. A, if a satellite could take it out, it was not a threat. Yeah. yeah. I I thought it was good just because it was simple. They didn't try and get all fancy schmancy and then suddenly everything falls apart on them. Gotcha. Well, guys, uh, that brings us down to the game plan. Next week, we are covering Series 10, Episode 5, Oxygen. We'll be doing the next four episodes before we get back to the master plan. Uh, so after we do episode eight, the lie of the land, we will do uh, a classic who rewind on the master plan, the deadly assassin. So uh, be looking forward to that. Uh, I believe Jared is right. And you said, this, this, Oh yeah, this is a good one. You like, well, it's uh, a good one. And it, it's one that comes up with a lot of connections to, you know, new I, who connects back to it a lot. So I think I that's think how I fun. ended up deciding to put it on the list because I was, I, yeah. we're covering one story from each incarnation of the master. And, when I saw the deadly assassin, I was like, well, we have to do that one. Cause Jared's always talking about it. You know, it's like, it keeps coming up. So yeah. I get the feeling uh, that one and Logopolis, which is the next 
master plan that we're doing. Nice. Um, both come up a lot. So I feel like we will enjoy watching it because we'll be like, Oh, that's that thing. So that, uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. We'll have some, some connection points of our own already. So yeah. um, guys stick around because uh, at the end of the episode, we have a special segment. Sometimes special co-host Brayden actually has started his own podcast called Brayden talks about where he mm-hmm. and his mom sits down each week and they talk about whatever's on his mind that week. And this week, guess what's on his mind? Men in black. <laughs> so um, he is going to be covering men in black. I'm not sure if he's going to be doing part three or the whole trilogy, I'm not sure, but we decided to throw it on as kind of a, uh, a bonus segment this week. So, um, after the B whip, uh, tune in for that. And then if you're interested in the rest of his podcast, you can find him at bradenreason.com, B-R-A-D-E-N-R-E-A-S-O-N.com and check out Braden talks about. So guys, until then, Noobs in the Hoobian is a production of Master Closet Studios, as is Brayden Talks About, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. And your production editor is that guy. I'm Corbin. And our uh, special guest this week, I was going to say our classic hoot guru, but you weren't flexing those muscles this week. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any muscles. <laughs> is this guy. Hey, it's Jared, the muscleless guy. <laughs> What was that? The muscle Jared, the muscle guy. guy. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to uh, Jared for being here with us this week. Shout outs to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, you can find us over at noobsinthehoobian.com where you'll find links to all of our social and our email and our Patreon, all of the things, and including subscriptions. Because wherever you find us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one, except for when we don't. Until next time, my name's Austin. I'm the Hoobian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip, And we're, we're the, the noobs. noobs. Hey, and it's Jared. <laughs> and Jared. <laughs> I'm not your son, but that's okay. I didn't I didn't put that one in the notes. Um, <laughs> hey guys, until next time, uh be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. Oh, a little bit of a crack there. <laughs> Shut Nobody noticed. <laughs> oh, until I pointed it out. Hello, noobs in the Hoovian. And hello from me. We're so glad to be here this week speaking about Men in Black 3. And uh, Brayden is going to share with us a little bit about Men in Black 3, what he liked, what he didn't like, and Mm -hmm. just whether or not it was scary. Well, I can answer one already. It was not all that scary. It wasn't that scary? Well, that's great. But some parts, I was like, ugh. (laughs) So what do you think about the consistency of the story after, you know, Agent J goes back in time? So I always struggle with time traveling stories because I feel like it can be a little tough on the consistency. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you know, when they go back, it's you said, well, Agent K got killed and therefore Agent J didn't get into the, you know, men in black and now everything's different. So Agent J goes back. And the story from there on, does it make sense to you? Yeah, um, it does. But some parts I just didn't really catch on to. Like, how does this affect the future and make it the same? Yeah. And did was this already going to happen? Was it already going to happen? Right. Yeah. This is the difficult part with time traveling. Uh, shows. Corbin, was there any inconsistencies that you thought of? There were a few things that didn't 
quite make sense. Like, so when he first travels back in time, he goes back in time, but he remains in the body that he already was in. Then later, when he travels back in time after jumping off of the rocket ship, instead of remaining in the body he already was in, it's like he basically reverts to the body that he had at that time. Yeah, because he got, like, stabbed by some stuff. Yeah, but then when he jumped back in time, those weren't there anymore. Yeah. Which wasn't the same as what happened at the start of the movie. Yeah, he remained as how he was when he jumped. Yeah, so there were some inconsistencies. Time-traveling movies always, always have that happen. So it is a little tough to keep up because you're like, wait a minute. They always need to have some way to keep things going and make it so whoever's doing it seems like they know what they're doing. And that does sometimes include making some inconsistencies. So my question, this is my biggest question about time-traveling movies, is time-traveling movies saying that there's always a constant loop? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Because, I mean, you fix it one time, but doesn't it all eventually happen again? Especially if you put it back the way it was. I guess so, but... And then do we ever get past that point where they travel back in time? You're making me think about so many things, and I don't have any time to actually answer them or think about them. I'm just, ah. (laughs) Well, answer what you can. I forgot about half the things you said. I just said, what happens? Is it a continual loop? Well. Is someone always going back in time and doing the same thing over and over? I don't know. Because, so Agent J goes back in time to save Agent K. But then younger Agent J, that Agent K cares for because his dad died, he would, yes, he would go back when he gets to the point, go back in time to save Agent K, so his father dies, and then Agent K takes care of Agent J, and it keeps going on, so I guess, yes. Wait a minute. I confuse myself. Ultimately, it tends to depend on the story. And so some stories, it is a continuous loop. And other times, it's just you change it one time and And you you don't have to go back over and over and over again. So what happened in this one? Is that what it is? This is probably a story where that's the case. Because if you think about it, at the start of the movie, Boris, at the end of the events of this story would have been put in jail, but then when we see at the end of the movie, instead of being put in jail, he ends up getting killed. So, so things have yeah, changed. It, so, yeah, Boris wouldn't be there to go back in time and kill Agent K, so Agent J wouldn't need to go back in time to save Agent K. Yeah, so you only have to change it once in this story. It's not a continual going back in time sort of thing that does huh. occur in some stories, but just not this one. Huh. How does it stack up to the other two that you watched? Which one was your favorite? Well, I think maybe my favorite, it's probably got to be this one. Because it's got some time travel, and I like movies that have time travel. Um, 
I also kind of like um, movies that give me a little puzzled and have me think about some things because kind of gives you something to talk about and discuss and think about. So, and this one kind of had some of that. And also just the whole plot was good. I pretty much think any time traveling movie does require you to think a lot. Yeah, because there's some things that um, happened here but were different when he basically did the same thing over here. So do you think they did a good job with the plot line on this story? Yeah, I think so. Good enough for you to keep up with it most of the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. All right, well, that is a wrap. Thanks for having us on today. And if you want to check out Brayden's podcast, go to BraydenReason.com. Bye.